Welcome to the Bridge of Two Podcast. Welcome, 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 ladies and gentlemen, back to the Bridge of Two Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Hello there. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us back on the podcast where we bridge the sci-fi and fantasy nerds we love. Sci-fi and fantasy realms we love, not nerds we love. (laughs) Why not both? (laughs) Do a podcast of epic proportions. It's been a while since I've said that, I think. Oh, you nailed it. A little I rusty. Think, I think you nailed it. Thank you. Is my mic okay? It's perfect. Perfect. Just like, actually, it's not perfect. It looks perfect to Did me. Did you turn it? There, now it's perfect. Oh, because this you, is off. Yeah, off you want right? the like the logo to be like right staring yeah, in. I got this. it. We're figured. We got it figured out. No worry. Technical difficulties, not really, but we've done this before. Definitely. Once Podcast more. experts. Occasionally. Um, yeah. So we're back to. Uh, Record a podcast for you. You're welcome. Anyway, yes. Welcome back to Bridge of Two Podcast. So, Josh. So. have you been? What have you been up to? I got a robot vacuum. <laughs> okay. Fair enough. <laughs> I got a robot vacuum. You got one of the, uh, what are they called? Like the, the, generic, the generic ones that everybody gets? Um, or it was like a, an off-brand one. It was a. I don't know if you call it off-brand. I mean, it's a brand. Um, it's the brand is it's E U F Y, Ufi. Oh, I don't know. Or is it like Ufi from? Uh, Definitely, we'll just, we'll Final just go, Fantasy Seven. We'll, we'll go with Ufi. Um, it was on Amazon, and it was a looked like a good brand, and not a not the most expensive one. <laughs> is it good? Do you like? Do you guys like it? Yeah, I mean, it's cool. It's. I don't know what I expected. You know, maybe it's a talk to me or something. I can't wait for it to take over your house. <laughs> Give me rides. Um, but yeah. no, it... Uh, Real Terminator vibes. <laughs> yeah. No, it it's, you know, definitely not anything crazy. Like, it feels like in 2021 what you would expect a robot vacuum to do. You know, it just... Vacuums. Leaves its little charge thing and just starts going... And then it run. It starts to bump into. It has these bumper things on the front, so it can bump into things, and hmm. and, uh, and it's not like actually hurting it. And so it'll bump something, and then it'll go around, figure out how to get around it, and just go back and forth until it finishes. You know, I've never, I haven't seen it actually. I'd have to ask Erin. She's messed with it more. She's got the app on her phone, and she's got it all figured it out. But I, I haven't seen it do like a full room and just be like do the whole room and then go back and charge. Hmm. She's like, usually it's like, it seems like it gets maybe because we've got so much um, different things in our room. Like we pick up everything off the floor, but we've got like the baby swing Uh and this, Uh that and the other. So I think at some point it gets kind of disoriented with what it's already vacuumed. So it's almost like it seems like it's just like a real human retreading what it was already done. Yeah. But are you going to like put a weird design on it to make it look cool? Should you put really like a should. windrunner glyph, or oh no, edge dancer glyph would be oh, perfect for it. You should you should have a little. You should get a little. Um, I have edge dancer sticker. Well, you should do from is, Brandon Sanderson. You should get like a like a like a like a lift Chash action glyph. figure oh, and have her riding the vacuum. That's a good point. Make so it life ideas. Oh, make it life sized. Scare the crap out of your kids. <laughs> <laughs> this is amazing. I, I, I'm I can't it. believe I didn't think about that until this very moment doing this. For real. So that's I knew I knew you'd help me. I knew that oh, talking about this. Always here to help you with your vacuum would. needs, design needs. Other than the new vacuum, our, anything else going on? <laughs> well, I just say, I'll just say our kids named the vacuum Ro. I like it. Because it's a robot. I like it. And it's a masculine, it's a masculine robot. Uh, did it choose? They chose. They gendered it. No. We'll just leave that there. <laughs> <laughs> just leave it there. Um, other than that, yes, I've. there's lots of things. Lots of things to talk about. Um, I don't want to take up a ton of time, but I finished um, Star's Visions. Mm. All the all the little the episodes. And uh, my overall kind of feeling on it is it was, it's a lot of fun. I think it's an awesome thing. One of the coolest... Star Wars things that has happened in a long time. Hmm. In a long time. 
<clears throat> and I'll just leave that there. <laughs> um, yeah, so did you get a chance to watch any more? I just finished the ninth Jedi. You did? That was the one with uh, the daughter and the the the, the, the saber smith. Yes. Yep. I just watched that one at work today. Wasn't that really cool? That was pretty good. I think that's my favorite one. That was a pretty good one. It. I liked how. Yeah, I don't know. The animation in a lot of these are animation is great. I just love and I love the different way they things they do with lightsabers. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like. I think the one right before that was the village um, bride. Yes. Remember, there's like the there's a Jedi and she, um, she wears the mask most of the episode, but she she when she ignites her lightsaber, I think it's like yellow, and it's full. And like it's a, it's like a saber. It's like it's, a samurai. Sword. It's like a, a light sa- light samurai sword. Yeah, and even had like the the, the little cross guard piece that yeah. they have. I just thought that was really cool. No, I um, thought that was the way that yeah, a lot of the cool stuff they're doing with lightsabers is yeah, is pretty awesome, and like I said, the animation in them is. I plan on finishing it probably some probably tomorrow or Thursday since. Okay, uh, we should. My wife won't be home, but maybe maybe we should do a Star Wars Visions episode. I think it'd be fun to like go through. We could do like a top, like rate them, like put them in order. What what order we think they we go in or something? And there are some theories on them too. Really? That have to do with like, I don't know. I haven't I haven't watched any because I don't want to spoil anything for me. Oh. Um, so we'll just gloss over that. And I'll come back to that whenever I finish and watch that that video just tell me what is your impression what do you think of i was interested to hear your thoughts on the the twins episode it's just super anime super anime yes it was Very it was like quint- quintessential anime over the top it's like, <gasps> literally riding on his spaceship like at hyperspeed almost yeah, in with space. his lights in space with his and lightsaber then, out and then he because he has this crazy powerful kyber crystal in it he can adjust it, the length. The length it it's able to cut the cruiser in half. Yeah, something. It, it, it was over the top. It, I, I rewatched that recently, and then somehow, as it was going to her, it like shortened enough so that it just got mm-hmm. her neck, and mm-hmm. it didn't like slice her in half. Because I was like, wait a second. So how did this not slice her in half? <laughs> but you can tell at the last second, it like shortens up and and like just hits the crystal on her neck. I thought the ships were hilarious. The opening scene, the ships—they're like they're like Siamese twins. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. This was yeah. hilarious. Yeah, there's to like me. a just the 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 big thing in the mm-hmm. middle, and they they dropped a bunch of um different quotes in there. They said, yeah, you know, like um I have a bad feeling about this. Uh, what was he? there was two others. There's two others that were very on the nose. I can't remember what they are. I now. can't remember either. It's been a few days. But, I thought it was just interesting in general to be like, oh, this is like they're totally doing like an alternate sort of like Luke and Leia mm-hmm. spin. It was fun. I like I said, it's just it, <laughs> he pushes the button on his suit and then it just like explodes it's, off and he's dressed like Luke. It's great. It is just full, it is full on anime. <laughs> I, I just thought hilarious. it was. Fun. I just thought it was a lot of fun. And R two O, R two O. Oh yeah, definitely. <laughs> That's when it kind of clicked. I was like R two O. Yeah, he's definitely Luke. That's an X wing. Yep. Anyway. I thought it was fun. Uh, I showed my kids one last night. Which one? Uh, I don't think you've seen it. It's called uh, T-O-B-1. No, I haven't seen it. It's the droid. Um, That's the next one, I think. It looks like okay. a little boy. It's pretty... I like that one a lot. That one's very anime as well. Um, not that they aren't. None of them are. But just like the kind of over-the-top and... The quintessential over-the-top anime. Like it'll go about. from being super serious to super... Not. Not. Um, really quick. But uh, I just think T.O.B. One's just like a really cool character. Uh, what's, what's the word? Just, he's just a sweetheart. Mm. Um, it kind of reminded me of like a Star Wars version of the story of Pinocchio. I was thinking huh. the second time I watched it. Um, how he wants to be like a real boy or whatever. But anyway. It's, it, that's yeah, a good I, one. I like it. It's cool. It's a cool show. Cool, cool little concept that they did. Yeah. It's nice that they're kind of branching out a little bit from main Star Wars stuff. Right, yeah, it lets them ex- kind of explore and try things and, and, and not have to worry about... Some of them have got some good stories. Like, I'm yeah. le- like some of them I've left, like, I want to know what happens next. <laughs> yeah, like I mean, the Ninth Jedi was really good. The one with, I really like the Village Bride a lot. I the mean, first episode. The first episode was, yeah, very interesting, too, to know 
that guy who's like collecting red crystal light super crystals from Sith and um anyway yeah give so it, give check it out if you're a Star Wars fan it's worth the ride each episode's only like 12 15 minutes yeah I think the longest is 20 something and that's the yeah. next Jedi I think yep so anyway maybe we'll talk maybe more about them yeah well, we'll I'm sure we'll go more into that because I definitely have some opinions on the later ones too oh you know what so. I well haven't watched bad Batch. i haven't finished bad Batch. i know i thought about that the other night i was like we need to talk about visions and i was like wait he hasn't even watched finished bad Batch i might yet. need to watch it without my wife <laughs> <laughs> i did but <laughs> my wife's not i i don't know my wife's not as big a fan of the like extra star wars stuff steph um, enjoys bad batch she's actually been enjoying it maybe now that we're done with uh down abbey She'll we can she'll there be more go. good more leverage. than happy to sit and watch it. Leverage. I'm just kidding. We watched this, so you need to watch. <laughs> no, she enjoys it. From what we've watched, a bad bad. She's actually liked it too, and she's also not much of a not necessarily the side stuff, but like the cartoon stuff. She's not big cartoons or anime. Yeah. Um, but even she she's even said like I'm she's interested in watching the Clone Wars series. She's like, because it sounds interesting. Yeah, I was like, it is interesting. You should do it. Um, yeah, I uh, I also finished Elantris after. Two years? Two plus years? <laughs> One of his shortest books. <laughs> and it took you the longest to read. Elantris, I started... That was the first Brandon Sanderson book I started. Mm-hmm. Um, and then... I, and I thought it was very interesting right away. And I got a good ways into it right away. And then I really wanted to start The Way of Kings. And so I started that. And then I decided, okay, I'm just going to focus, I'm just going to, I'm going to just read the way of Kings and finish this book because it's a massive book and I want to finish it. And then I've been slowly chipping away at Elantris ever since. I actually, I'll like listen to it when I'm uh, mowing the lawn. So like every time I mow the lawn, I'll get a little further. There you go. Because I listen to the audiobook. Uh, but yeah, the ending was fantastic. Mm-hmm. I'm very glad I read that book. Very glad I finished it. It, it is a, it is a great book. It's. Uh, you know, I think there's, uh, you know, aspects of it to show that Brandon Sanderson was earlier in his writing career. It was his first published book, right? It was, yeah. Um, but the ending is especially just makes the whole book really come together and feel even better. And the storylines of the main three characters, very interesting conclusion and... Uh, it, make, it made me want to see more stuff from Elantris, which actually there is a short story I, I can now read cause, mm-hmm. uh, the, called The Hope of Elantris, I think. Um, so I will try to read that soon. Did you know one of the characters from Elantris is in The Way of Kings? You told me that... What's his name? Galadin is in there. And I need to go back and reread that. He's in um, one of the interludes. Interlude. I'm Galadin is probably pretty sure. one of my favorite characters in Elantris, in, in that book. He's, you know, just a really cool character. And he, yeah, I won't spoil the ending, but there was, um, there were some, at the very end of the, the Elantris, there were some characters that died, some characters that almost died. And, um, it was a tough, it was a tough read to, it was just tough because you're like, oh my goodness, they've gone through so much, you know, they just like the, especially the characters that are like. Not zombies, but they're, the Elantrians. They can't stop Elantrians feeling pain once they like stub their toe. They'll feel that stub toe forever. Yeah, man, I remember reading that, being like, "This would be miserable. That'd be a miserable brutal, life." Brutal. Yeah, they, they, he did a really good job with the world building early on in Elantris, just establishing how brutal it was, and the people that were just like their minds were just gone because of the pain had become the accumulation of pain. But um, so like for the a lot of some of those characters to get all the way through the book, and then be like, oh, and now they're gonna die? Are you kidding me? But um, it had a it had a really good ending. Just and get ready, get sense. ready for Stormlight Five, where we lose all of the characters. <laughs> <laughs> they made Everyone it four dies. books. They made it four books. That through all this stuff, this can happen. But at the hands of Dalinar, Odium's champion. Ooh. Oh man. Oh man. Zoink scoops. What's gonna happen? <laughs> Sweet though, that's awesome. <laughs> I need to reread Elantris. That was the first book I read after reading um the first three Stormlight books. Okay. 
Um, and that was when I was getting, like, I was like, okay, Brandon Sanders is awesome. I want to read the rest of his stuff. And that was when I was learning more about the Cosmere. First book I went to was Elantris because they had it on sale at Barnes & Noble. There you go. Got it, read it, enjoyed it. Then I think I went to Warbreaker. Yeah, that I want to read that one um, coming up. I need to finish Hero of Ages from Mistborn. Mm. And uh, I also kind of want to read, kind of want to see if I can finish... I don't know if I'm going to be able to, but I want to finish the first Wheel of Time book mm. before the show comes out. But um, so we'll see. I've also got some other things I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, I got um, a writing like schedule. I made a, a like a set of kind of deadlines for myself for Good. certain, you know, for like this draft for the next draft and. Um, Hopefully, if it goes according to or gets ahead of schedule, if it goes according to schedule, then I would be ready to publish to chart. Start trying to publish it next, not not um, not next year, but like the beginning of the next year. Nice. So like two more revision drafts, and then people reading it, feedback, and then getting that feedback and doing it in the last draft. And then that will put me at that next uh, 2023. I can't wait to read it. Sounds crazy, but that's the the, the uh, schedule I'm putting myself on. So, oh, that's awesome. I'm glad you're you got yourself a schedule and you're yeah pushing hard on it. Good. Yeah. Awesome. And I w- and I'll just say last thing about me. Uh, or it's about, all about you. Tom. I know. Uh, it's just we had referenced you referenced my short story. And if it was out mm. there in the ether, um, if people wanted to read it, if you do want to read it, I did go f- make sure that I could that I could publish it on my blog because it was published in an anthology. The publisher had to close down, and so I wanted to make sure all the rights came back to me, and I confirmed that they did. So I was I went ahead and published it on uh my writer blog and i put it on uh, our bridge of two facebook page it'll and, come up it'll um, be up on our instagram here at one point yeah so in the near future whatever if you go it's jl j letter j letter l all red a l l r e d dot com is the link to my writer blog which is just that short story right now so but anyway that's that sweet go read that it's I'm good not, i'm not even gonna tell you what it's about you should go read it it's good though Name is Hunting Misfortune. That's right. I'm very, very uh, of of all my accomplishments in writing, which are few. <laughs> my favorite one is that title. I just love that title so much. It's a good short story. Give it a read. Um, seriously, it doesn't take long at all. Definitely easily do it in like a thirty minute setting, sitting if, if less. Um, it's good. Sweet. What about you? I've just been doing the same old, same old, drowning in schoolwork. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like I'm going on and on. I finished this book. I finished this series of of episodes and this that. And I, I look at you and I'm just like, oh no. I've done a few things. School school has been tough, so it, it's this semester is a lot more in depth with things and and hard concepts. So there's learning that. Um, ALCS, right? Yeah, mm-hmm, definitely certified. Mm-hmm. I just said certified. <laughs> you are just you had a stroke over there. <laughs> My breaths have been tampered with by odium. Um, kind of just been doing, <laughs> just been doing the same thing. Uh, same things. Reading. Um, still reading Star Star Wars: The New Jedi Order. Oh, right, right. Same book, just a little bit further in. Um. My brother-in-law mentioned he's read a good bit of that series too. Good series. Yeah. Um. There's one thing I know you're doing, you've been doing. What have I been doing? Drawing for Inktober. I have. I decided to to do the Inktober this month, this year. Happy Inktober, everyone. Mm-hmm. What is Inktober, Jeremiah? Um, well, started what a couple, what 2015, 2014, a couple years back. A guy or a group. I don't know if it was a guy or just a group, but kind of did a thing of like, okay, I'm gonna make a, pro- a 31 day kind of schedule for, and have each day is gonna be like a one word prompt, and we're gonna. Draw whatever you want, as long as it fits with that prompt. You know, whatever that prompt makes you think of, you get to draw it. You kind of have that freedom. But the, the rule is, is you do it in ink. You either do it straight from ink, or you can do pencil first and then in ink. A lot of people now have just taken it as just doing it. 
I know. Doing... Yeah, I just was thinking that. I was like, wait, I've seen so many that are just people doing it on like iPads and yeah, stuff. Yeah, a lot of people just do it like that now, which is I I I think the guy doesn't. Matter. It is. It doesn't matter because you just it's just to, it's just basically just a way to get you out there and draw. Right. It right. was. I think initially was for the guy to like. Let's just get. I want to get used to inking. Right. So I'm trying to do a little bit more of the traditional way of actually doing it with traditional paper. Mm-hmm. I do pencil first and then I ink it. Um, just because that's I far more comfortable doing that. If I yeah. didn't do that, everything would look really bad. Um, so I'm doing that. I'm doing the Cosmere Inktober 2021 prompt though. Um, I've only gotten three out. I missed three out of five. I think. That's not yeah, bad. I missed the third day, and then I'm missing today. I, I'm gonna try and get it done. I mean, even even if you even if you're like one day behind. Yeah, I'm I mean, not going to worry about the third or day. one or two days behind me. I'm not worried about the third day, yeah. but I'm definitely going to... I think I can make today's prompt... It's not It's it's not going to be as bad hard. It's just skies. I think mm. I can do something with that. It's not hard to draw. Mm. Um, and then I already have an idea for tomorrow's prompt. So they yeah. should be able to get that down. Um, but it's fun. It's enjoyable. Um, I've enjoyed seeing it. I've thrown them up on Instagram, on my, my personal Instagram. I'll Maybe I'll link to it on the Bridge of Two or, or I'll, you know... You, I think you shared like the first. I think one I shared the on, first one on the Bridge of Two. Um, yeah, you're welcome to look at them. Yeah, it's fun. It's a good way for me to. I'm trying to get a little bit. I'm kind of using this as a way to because I'm most of mine are going to be focused around like a character drawing, mm. and this this is helping me to get better at drawing characters in different poses and different places, um, in space and stuff like that. Um, yeah, and you were telling me too, you know, like getting to communicate like a story kind of through yeah. a drawing through like not a ton of text. Yes. Know? I'm trying to, because I want to eventually do a comic book, I'm trying to really do my best of with short drawings. I'm obviously not going to take, I can't take too long doing them. And with the medium that I'm using, which is ink, I'm, I'm trying to still get across kind of a story, visual, visual storytelling, I'm trying yeah, to get a little bit better right. at visual storytelling by telling, hopefully having my drawing tell a story in as little, um, up there as possible mm. um, and my drawings to an extent are kind of following a story they're not necessarily in order but i, I eventually i'm kind of keeping them all in the same world and the same story it's it's cosmere with a little bit of star wars and by a little bit yeah. i mean a lot of star wars yeah. um, mixed in so just a, just a little fun so you know it's been enjoyable and yeah i'm using i'm just using it to kind of it's fun i'm actually enjoying it so but to get like yeah i get a little better at the visual storytelling hopefully work on that a bit by the time at the time of air of this airing you will be hopefully like it'll be day 11 right yeah, so about. it'll be a few more drawings in for sure definitely i'm excited for tomorrow's i think i think tomorrow's will be good third third or my third drawing wasn't the best in my opinion but it you is did it what though. It is. i did it that's i mean so i'm critical I mean, of myself though so still do it though oh i'm still gonna do it because that's like um nanowrimo you know is i want i don't know if this is the fact that this is like right before nanowrimo makes me think that maybe the guy who did it maybe he got the idea from nanowrimo where nanowrimo stands for national novel writing month some guy decided along like in the 90s to uh try to get his friends and him to See if they could write a novel in a month, and they set the limit at fifty thousand words. And uh, people do it every year now, and a lot of people do it. And some some people's first drafts of their novels have come out of it. That's awesome. Um, I've done it a couple times, and that's the thing is is that you kind of acknowledge that your first draft is going to be really rough. To put it nicely, mm-hmm. you know, it's going to be pretty much crap the first draft. But if you until you kind of get it out and see what what's there and um, kind of organically let it be what it wants to be and see if there's anything good there, um, you can't necessarily move forward. So I think that's a it's a valuable thing to whether it's Inktober or NaNoWriMo to kind of have it put deadlines on yourself and then see what you can accomplish with deadlines. Cause you can accomplish a lot whenever you put your under pressure. Yeah. And just put it down, just do get it down. You know, I'm really just focusing on just, just sitting down drawing for a bit yeah. and then whatever I, you know, whatever I do come up with where it looks like and, and, and still posting it. Like, like mm-hmm. yesterday I had struggled with like not wanting to post that one because I'm, I didn't like it, mm-hmm. but I was like, no, I drew it. It's Springtober. I'm going to do it. 
but yeah, give go look up uh, those on Instagram. Do the hashtag Inktober twenty twenty one. There's a lot of good artists out there that make it some cool. The prompt is different for the like the the OG the main, Inktober. The main Inktober, and then there's the Cosmere. Oh, um, and there's the Cosmere. There's a bunch of different prompts out there yeah. that people have made. Um, but go yeah, type you know hashtag Inktober twenty twenty one. There's some good artwork out there. Got some good artists doing some good stuff. So mm. give it a, give it a look. I definitely try and look through it pretty much every day at this point. Um, so yeah, I've been doing that. Um, otherwise, not really much. Man, yeah, holy cow, not really much else. I mean, I'm playing Star or Knights of the Republic. Made it to the second planet. <laughs> I just play that at work though. Um, What's the second planet? Dantooine. Oh, Dantooine. You want to get me started on a Dantooine? Oh yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> thing about playing starting i i need to go back to playing birth by sleep kingdom hearts oh yeah i need to do that too i so, haven't played any of those games yeah. well, i've been playing mass effect and oh, i'm like right, halfway right. through the second game um but i think i want to play a little bit kingdom hearts kind of especially today after Sora was announced for smash right. bros i kind of want to go back up it got me one to play kingdom hearts so shout out to smash bros it was just funny seeing mario the the trailer for it yeah it has mario some like fire drops and Mario picks up the fire and throws it and it turns into a keyblade that opens up a doorway that Sora comes through. Like oh, flies wow. out and through. And then Simple and Clean is playing in the background. Oh wow. And it was just to see these probably, Mario characters yeah. and then see Sora coming, I was like, This is weird. It's bizarre, <laughs> yeah. It's like what world am I living in here? Um it was great though. I'm ex- it's gonna like I'm gonna I'm, officially get Smash. Imagine like um Imagine like back in you know when the Kingdom Hearts two was out or whatever, someone telling you that Sora would be a character in Super Smash Brothers. <laughs> I would have, I would have hugged you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of characters in Super Smash now that you wouldn't have thought of, like Salt. There was Salt, Salt Snake, Snake um, Cloud, Sephiroth. I'm pretty sure is in it. Man, crazy. Um, a couple other. Couple of fire. Is it Son- oh, Sonic ends up. He ended up in, in Brawl, which that was. I wouldn't have thought. I want to say he's in it again. I think he's in it again. Pac Man's in it. <laughs> Just uh, cramming everyone in. I mean, at this point, I think Sora's the last character, though, for this game. I think he's officially the last. Do you DLC. have to get characters by unlocking them? I think they're still? DLC. DLC? Don't tell me that. I think. I'm pretty that sure that can't be true. I think so. Let's go. Where where's our Molotov? I mean, you cocktail? still you do still unlock characters in it, and maybe I still think it's if you even, I bet you even if you get the DLC, you have to like fight. Do them. something? No way. Maybe not. Ugh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I have, I don't own the game right now. I need to. I've been wanting to get it for the longest time. I just haven't. I love the Smash Brothers game. So this so. is a game that's been out, and they've just been releasing. It's been out pretty much almost since the Switch has been out. Um, it's a I, I I love the old Smash Bros. Brawl. That's so good. Smash Bros. Brawl was good. I I really melee was really my I played that for the longest time and the timing I got so used. I didn't to the, think about melee. I got so it was, that was the GameCube one. I got I'm so thinking about melee, used to the timing of melee that when Brawl came out, I just like it didn't feel the same. I couldn't. Um, Brawl was on the Wii, right? Yeah, I could uh, only. No, Brawl was on the Nintendo U or Wii U. I mean. Oh, oh no! You're right. You're right. You're right. It was Wii. You're right. It was I Wii. could only play that with a GameCube controller. I could not play it right. on the Wii remote. Oh, yeah, no, it's awful. But maybe I'll have to get it, and we'll all get together and beat each other up. They, that's the one. This the one on the Switch does a eight eight player brawl. You have eight people playing at once. My word! It is. We've done it with some friends, and it, it gets hectic. <laughs> How do you do that? You just have eight controllers. That, eight controllers. I did not know you could play with eight controllers. Yeah. Well, the Switch. controllers for the Switch are small too. Cause you can the one single controller can be split into split two. Into two. And yeah. so if you have four, which I think we have four controllers, so that oh. makes it you know eight. That's cool. So we have six, three. So six. A friend at work showed me the Switch Lite today. Mm-hmm. Had it in his pocket. Oh, that's nice. And I was like, you know, I held it and looked at it. I was like, man, I need to get a Switch. I'll tell you what, man. The Switch is underrated. They got some good games. And I'm not even talking about just like I mean Switch exclusives are they have good Switch exclusives but they have good like they've ported a lot of good games. Yeah, Knights of the Republic is about to be ported. To yeah, Switch. he was playing. He had a, a Castlevania collection that he was going to play. I've never played in Castlevania. Uh, he hadn't either. He was, but he was going to play it. And I, just like it's a real, it's it's just it's, the Switch is an interesting, a really good in between of mm-hmm. a handheld and a console. 
you know, it's it's amazing how they've made it um, feel like a a bridge, you could say, mm. <laughs> a bridge of consoles. I actually just got Republic Commando on the Switch. Nice. Been play out here. You know they're doing. Yeah, so good. I think they're doing that with the Steam. They're doing like a, a Steam yeah, console. Steam Deck. That's yeah, Steam that's Deck. like the Switch, but like yes, that's interesting. I saw yeah, I saw some people like demoing it, and it it's it's definitely bulkier than a Switch, but I think it also runs stuff that the Switch can't I think run. It's, yeah, and uh, there's just a lot more freedom, I think, too with getting games on there from other platforms that well, i think it's Steam. got its full operating system and everything like that right like, it's not just like the switch it's, like, it's almost course, like a computer in itself right you can hook it up to your tv as mm-hmm. well and like uh and play it so yeah anyway but that's about it for me just nice just doing the same old same old i don't nothing nothing crazy this this time around right on well should we take a break? Yeah, take a quick break. Get and some drinks. We've got some mead. I guess we didn't say we're gonna. We we finished. We both finished the second book in the Galaxy's Edge series. Galactic Outlaws is the book called Gal- Galactic Outlaws, and so we're gonna talk a little bit of sci-fi. Yeah, go go a little sci-fi this time around with the with that that book and that series. So, so stick around, listen to us try some mead, and uh, talk Galaxy's Galaxy's Edge. Alrighty. Welcome back. We got some mead here. We have a stowaway as well on the podcast. A victim, if you will. <laughs> I've never been on a podcast before, so I think my big break. Big debut. You'll become famous after this one. <laughs> so uh we uh Jeremiah grabs Steph to get a get a taste tasting Taste the mead of with us. The mead, yeah. So we've got this hop swarm. Oh I don't have do you have a can? Right there. Nope, and I didn't want to say it on the podcast. There you go. <laughs> I didn't want to say where it was on the podcast. He just pulled it out Trash of the can. garbage. How dare you? We got the hop swarm here. It's a perfect combination of wildflower honey and seven different hops to create a balanced, crushable mead. Not sure what that means. Um, I'm not yeah. sure I even know what a hop is. Hoppy. I think that's what they make beer out of, is hops, right? I actually don't know either. But what is it? The hop. I don't know. That's like defining a, it's a word. Part with of a the plant. Word. I don't know. Let's taste it and see what it tastes like. Ready? Wow. Word, that was really good. You know what? It smells like an IPA. It does. And I was like a little off put by it. And it still even tastes like an IPA, but it's sweeter than an IPA. Mm-hmm. And once again, it's just it goes down. It's been like this for every one of their meads, but it just goes down so smooth. Mm, so smooth. It's very fruity. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, lo- I this might be one of my favorites that I've had. Can I see that can? What was the was there a cherry one that we'd had? That's one we just tried, the psychopomp. That, that one was my favorite so far. This one is a actually honestly, crazy enough, actually now I think about it, the very first Buckling one made. that we've yeah. ever tried might have been my favorite. I don't like tea, but that was very good. I like um yeah I like the Buckland meat a lot. This one definitely is up there in that kind of that experience I had when I had the Buckland mead. Uh, this is a very revelatory uh, drink. It's definitely a good one. This is very. Delicious. It's called Hop Swarm, and you would think that you're gonna get, you know, just really hoppy IPA tasting kind of thing, but it's sweet. Definitely has that IPA in a, taste. In a taste good, in a good sweetness, not yeah. like overly sweet. Definitely got a little bit of IPA taste, but goes down smooth it's a drink i'd want to sip on on a warm day mm. 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 Very nice. what do you give it out of a out of five? Oh, out of five uh, no we do we do one out of ten here in this household out of ten out of ten how many fives do you give it um <laughs> wait a minute <laughs> so I don't think about it don't think about it that doesn't leave me much choice. great or great or greatest that took me a second um i would give this on a scale one to ten how much is it i mean how much tastes good, good does it taste excuse me i would give this a seven out of ten huh fair enough what's a ten out of ten what, what have you had to drink that's a ten out of ten um Probably some kind of um, 
beverage. Cocktail. Yeah, like a cocktail. Like a mojito. I give this that we had a nine time. out of ten. Because I don't know what the ten out of ten is. I don't know what the perfect drink is, but this is a nine out of ten. Going off me. of like beer slash meads, this is definitely like a nine out of ten. You heard it here, folks. I'm not a beer or mead person. Actually, I feel like if the last are. the one of the meads you guys had, I I did try some of it and I didn't like it. It was the was it the old Wayfarer, the one that had Gandalf on the front? Yes, that was it. I didn't like that. Yeah, one. that one is a little more. It was very bland. Yeah, I think it's just that that style of drink, maybe, and but I don't know. But this one, I really like the flavors in it, and it's yeah, mm-hmm. it's really good. Agreed. Anyway, all right. Well, this has definitely made turn me into a meat person. I want to actually I know. I'm debating buying my own in bulk of this and just drinking them. It's fun, and they they just came out with like they do seasonal stuff. So they just came out with a one for like winter. It's called Wild Hunt. Ooh, that sounds amazing. You gotta tell me the website after this. Oh, you can tell right now actually to plug them. I think it's just grownfellmeadery dot com. It's G R O E N F E L L Meadery dot com. Meadery is M E A D. E-R-Y.com. I really did spell it out for you, so if you wanted to know, now you do. You still need to make our meat turry. <laughs> we do. That sounds like some. Ron Swanson would probably come there. Yeah, I was about to say. I know what I'm about, son. Anyway. All right. Thank well, you for joining us thank for you, this Steph. tasting. I don't know what I added, but... Your input. You appreciate it. At least I'm getting over my podcaster, you know, like the first. Oh, yeah. The first one is done. Now she's exactly. going to start every episode. Right. Yeah. Now you're going to start. She's going to start her own podcast mm-hmm. and compete with us. Oh, you and Aaron, her and Aaron are going to start. Oh, no. That competes with our podcast. That's not going to work. That could be about something completely no. different than what we're talking about. So they're not actually competing at all. No, okay. we're gonna we're gonna talk about all the things you guys talk about. Oh no! The You're week just, after they're gonna you, like. Are you just gonna react to our podcast? Yeah. <laughs> they're gonna like, uh, what they call it, scoop us. Like whenever you like take someone's writing a story and then you come in behind them and get the story first. I don't know. I thought that made sense. But... Uh huh. Anyway, <laughs> now you guys like ganged up on me. Mm-hmm. You gotta We're go, you gotta go Steph. <laughs> right. I feel judged. Alrighty. <laughs> no, Where's my wife? It. Let's get to our topic. <laughs> we need to. We need to have you guys. Uh, we're gonna have you guys for like a Harry Potter episode or something. Or something. Oh, I, I, gotta, I think that would be really. We need to do. Up. Anyway. All right. Thanks for joining us. Anyway, yes, I I, I really enjoyed the meeting. That was good. Uh, thank Still you, Stephanie. Good. For I finished that like the fastest. Jeez, yeah. Like yes, thank you, Steph, for your contribution. So. Galactic Outlaws. I'm excited to talk about this one. This is I, I especially listening to it again is I, I. It reminds me of how much fun I had reading it for the first time, and listening to it. I like I enjoy listening to this one. Yeah, I'm not much of an audiobook guy usually, unless it's Star Wars because they do their audiobooks amazing. Um, but I'm enjoying the audiobook for this. I like the uh, the narrator. Yeah, I like the narrator a lot. Um, definitely fits with the, you know. The dialogue and all the 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 dramatic um, stuff that people do and say in it. So. so before we get like started into it, what did you think of it? We'll start with that. Um, yeah, it definitely wasn't. I don't think it was you know it was necessarily what I expected. I think I expected I expected there to be different characters, but also I expected there to be a lot more characters that we'd already heard about and i guess real quick too we'll go and say spoilers spoilers yeah so if you want to read it or care about spoilers um spoilers for galactic outlaws and probably a little bit of legionnaire yeah so if you haven't read the galaxy any of the first two galaxies edge books and you're planning on it or if you are if you are maybe you aren't um yeah if you're planning on it and you care about spoilers then be warned but um yeah so the first book you know obviously is got about um the legionnaires and this squad what was the name of their squad or company or whatever oh, oh was it gosh. victory company victory company yeah and so you got victory company and all the characters in that in the first book 
in the second book, you hear early on, you hear about Wraith, you know, being a bounty hunter. And you hear about a character that's mentioned in the epilogue. Uh, Tyrus Rex is a viewpoint character early on. But other than that, I mean, there's not really any characters from the first book. Nope. Um, it's they, they do the way the authors do these books is very interesting where they just, especially for the first two books. And then I've, and then into the third book, you'll, you'll really catch it as you'll see it as well. Um, they just jump around and yeah. like timeline wise, but it all fits together. Like it's very narratively satisfying once you finish. Right. Like, I imagine it's, you know, I imagine it's like, you know, you're, you're getting, you're getting time with these characters that are probably going to end up all be ve- being very integral in the overarching story of the, the galaxy and, mm. and everything. So you have to, Rather than just being thrown in with them all at the at the the moment, um, all at the same time, you get to spend some time with them before things get really serious. It's super interesting too. So, like the first book is written in first person view, correct? Oh yeah, yeah, whole thing. And then the that second was... book is written in third person view. Yep, more traditional. So if I if I have if I'm my English is correct, if I remember from high school, yeah, um, the third book parts of it are written second person view. So second person isn't wouldn't that be like you like you're saying like someone's yes you do telling this. a story about you you do this you do yep it's then yep and the part of the story is is part of the book is written in a, in a second really? person yeah it's with a completely new character that you've never met before <laughs> you're, I just, you're gonna start to be like what is so the third book a little spoilers but it does start off right back where the first book left off okay yeah I think my brother-in-law okay so my brother-in-law who um loves my brother-in-law is married to my sister my twin sister um he is a big reader loves especially sci-fi i mean he's read a ton of fantasy but i don't know what he'll what he'd say with this but i think he seems like more a little more of a sci-fi person Hmm. um and so he listened to our podcast and uh checked out the first book and he is on book six he finished book six nice so he is deep into this series and he's far away farther than i am and um but he was mentioning that book three picks up right where book one left off and um yeah he said things get a lot crazier book book three into book four is when things are like really starting to kind of fit things together right you're like what so the uh, I, so what I'll say, you know, I was thinking about the book um, on the way over here. This book to me was really Tyrus Rex's book. Mm-hmm. Um, he's the general. He was in the epilogue, and he kind of the hero, uh, oh, a big hero in the epilogue because the legionnaires in that um, story were sent into just uh what they didn't realize was like a basically a suicide mission against these ancient robotic enemies that were picking them off in this space castle or whatever Mm -hmm. all just to get some some princess that uh was it a princess Mm -hmm. or was it a no it was like a it was like a I think it was a princess. It was a woman that this pirate lord person wanted to make like one of his wives or something. There's more to it. I can't remember there, exactly. Yeah, there's now. more to because it. Because the government wanted the, they the wanted, Republic wanted her dead. They yeah, they, she they I wanted, think she was a princess. She was to be supposed to be uh, executed, but she, they were rescuing. So they were rescuing her from the pirate in order to execute, execute. her. <laughs> so which is a which is an important factor in the story. Which actually. is like a crazy, you know, it's just a crazy thing. Whenever you read everything these men are going through just to rescue this girl, just so they she can be executed. So after it all goes sideways, Tyrus Rex is like the general who swoops in and saves the day, um, and disappears with the princess. So you pick up with him. He's a bounty hunter. Clearly, he's not part of the. Uh, chain of command anymore and he's a very wanted person by the legionnaires yes they he's a well, by the republic in general by the republic yeah um and so he's having to watch his back and everything like that there's a then there's a character a little girl uh 
who her father is killed by assassins or something like that. Prisma Maydoon. And she wants revenge. And so she's looking for an, for a bounty hunter to kill the men, the people that um, did it. And she has a name. What's that name? Goth Solus. Goth Solus. A name that sort of like a a name that no one really knows mm. at that time. Yeah. Um, but it's a very, 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 uh, very Sith-like character. Like a pal- seems like a, a very Sith-like character with his powers. Really, dis- also just described as wearing a robe, robe with hood over his head. He's got like telekinetic powers mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Very much that idea of a villain that's like moving the pieces behind the scenes and in mm-hmm. the galaxy. Kind of get that vibe from him. So Tyrus Rex's arc in that book is is that he he has been trying to provide justice to the galaxy because there's no justice in the galaxy. Not only so, that, but if you kind of as I was re- listening to it again and, and so that it almost seems like he is out on the edge. Yeah, staying on the edge. For like he's waiting for something. Waiting for something. He doesn't know what. Yeah. Which is kind of what drives him to help prisma in the first place right. he's like for some maybe, reason this is driving, maybe this is connected this is connected yeah which spoilers and it's being connected it yeah <laughs> yeah he's it's like he's got some voice in his head saying wait on the edge which gave me down our vibes mm. um but like, he, there's definitely a reason he's out there he just he's so more spoilers but he's so old yeah like i mean like old that which, he doesn't really remember which that's like you know he needs end some, of the he, book. You don't find out really that until the end of the well, book. He needs some breaths to yeah. hold his memory. His memories, because he apparently, yeah, because he he can't remember all that. So he uh, then you've got this character, Captain Keel, who's kind of like Han Solo meets the Captain on the Firefly uh, show. Ooh, I can't remember his name. That's gonna annoy me. But uh, you know, he's a very capable um, smuggler. You end up finding out that he's a another character mm-hmm. so you, you've been spending time with this other character from the first book the entire time as you get on in the story which is wraith we'll just go ahead and say it because keel an episode is also one of my favorite characters must be for stuff later like okay i liked him in this book he was awesome in this book mm-hmm. but Tyrus Rex, I came away from this book feeling like Tyrus Rex was so awesome. Well, yes, I, you definitely, you definitely leave. I mean, th- you were right though. This is definitely a Tyrus Rex book, mm. but Tyrus Rex is gone now. So, and I've, I've read like, f- I think I've read up to book six, five or six. Okay, and so and and Keel's in it. So so Keel probably, I'm guessing Keel just has like a bigger part to play. He's different. a main character, okay, for sure. I mean, I can yeah. say that. Without, I mean, I'm sure you can get to I mean, this his, point. That he's a main his story in this book was basically. I'm trying to think. I mean, like when he get they get to the final planet, he's there and he's trying to take out Devers mm-hmm. from the first book. He's trying to get revenge on Devers for what happened to his men uh, in the first book, and um, which doesn't work out. But he gets kind of swept up into this whole thing. It feels like I don't know. As you read book three, a lot more things start to make sense as far as Keel's part and everything. I won't say anything because it's spoilers, but yes, you know, I, uh, but I also just like his, I just, I liked Wraith in the first book as a character. Like I liked his demeanor and then then seeing, having Keel in the second book and also learning that he's the same person. It was like two different characters. It's, it is, it's like two different characters and it's really, but it's really neat. Like I Mm. like Keel as, I like both of it as individual characters, but Keel, I don't know. I like that smugs smuggler yeah han solo-esque well it kind of gives him different it gives him a different uh it gives a different shade to keel because keel is not smug he's the way he's not the way he is because he's just he's not the way he is because he's just can't take things seriously yeah he's the way he is because he he's seen so much Mm. he's been through so much and so it's sort of his way of just I don't know if coping's the right word, but it, it it just gives it a different flavor the way he acts as Keel. Well, what else I like about Keel too, compared to like, say like Han Solo or something like that, or like some other some of those other characters that are very like that have that type of archetype, 
is that like Keel is overconfident, but he's not. I wouldn't even say he's not. He's not overconfident. He's confident because he's very skilled. Like a lot of mm-hmm. the interactions he has, he's he's doing something where like he's 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 acting like he's cocky. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is he backs up that cockiness with skill, right? And that comes from his past as a legionnaire and and, and wraith. You know, I'm sure. Yeah. But that's what I like about it, is that he's he's like that cocky smuggler, but he also is like extremely skilled. Like he's not just this cocky jerk, you know. And, yeah. But can't back it up. Like he can actually back it up with skill. And ty- you know, even his interaction with Tyrus Rex kind of shows it. You know, where Tyrus Rex yeah. is like, hmm, wow, this guy's pretty good. You know? Yeah. That that initial that that the scene with Ty there's a there's a scene very late in the book when Tyrus Rex and Keel meet up and. They basically have a standoff over um, because oh he's going for Maydoon that's mm-hmm. what it is he's he's going for May he's going for Prisma because there's a big bounty for her and it will basically be like uh, he can retire kind of thing or he can do whatever he needs to do with that money to whatever meet his goals um, so it's a big contract for him so he's trying to get Prisma but Rex is trying to protect Prisma and fulfill her contract of getting revenge for her so that's where they clash near the end of the book and so you have this you could say unstoppable force meets an immovable object Mm. kind of situation where you know there's no way rex is going to respect or listen to keel and keel is just like okay you're in my way old man you know um i've got something i need to do because i've got his goals are what's most important which that is something i did notice about him thought about him this is definitely a, kind of a Han Solo type thing, but I think it's to, almost to a different degree. Like you really feel like Wraith does does feel like Wraith kind of is using people. Like you know he's got for his own goals. Like he's got the kid right mm-hmm. where he he goes and he picks up the kid and he's manipulating the kid to get him to come with him, and then the kid is like worried about this and that and the other happening, and you know he's still. I can't remember exactly what it, what it was, but I just remember reading a part where the kid tells him something and he kind of disregards it and just does whatever anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, same thing with the princess. Same thing with going for Prisma and stuff. It's kind of he's kind of like my goals are more important mm-hmm. than what you're what you're wanting me to do or what what I should do as like a a good guy. Like what mm-hmm. do you think a good guy should do? Um, so that was an that's an interesting thing about him, like a character flaw, I would say, mm-hmm. that makes him a more interesting character too. Is that you you're rooting for him, but at the same time you know he's he's not a hundred percent in the right, yeah. in what he's doing and how he's doing it. So, but what are your like top moments you think from that book? Hmm, I mean the ending for sure. Yeah, I'm learning a lot because the ending you learn a lot. Like, you actually you don't learn anything. But it makes you feel like you've learned a lot about Tyrus Rex. Yeah, you you learn enough to make you have have so many questions. You learn enough to make you realize that you don't know anything. Yeah, right. Um, well, he basically finds out he's like very old. I don't know how old he would have to be. He says he was part of NASA. Right. And like, their first like reaches out into space. It sounds yeah, like like there was some kind of NASA team that him and Goth Solus, whose name is really Sullivan, were and on. A thousand other names. Oh, you also find out that Goth Solus, which I missed on my first read, but is remember the admiral that he talks about a lot, or the captain that he talks about a lot that they were in that last battle with. Remember when he goes to the shipyard where the that bounty hunter group is at, and he talks about being on this ship in the past when they all went down. Does Rex talk about them? Mm-hmm. Remember, okay. you remember when he was when he when he went to that bounty hunter group? I can't remember their name. The Black Brother Brotherhood or something like that. Okay, I think so. Um, and he's on the ship, and he's like has his own little inner dialogue of talking about like, I was on this ship when this battle when this ship became a graveyard. Okay. Um, and then he kind of, like he's fighting that mafia, and he sees the name's like, oh, I wasn't on this ship. I was on a different ship here. Mm. And he kind of flashes back to him talking to like a captain or whatever. Mm. Well, that captain is Goth Solus. He oh. Tyrus Rex thought that that guy was dead, but it turns out he he wasn't. He thought he that guy died during that battle. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah, so I didn't catch that on my first read through for some reason. I'm pretty sure. Weird. Unless I mis- unless I misheard something, but I'm I do. Sure. I mean, like I remembered, like you know, there was like a part in the book where it referenced Tyrus Rex is like saying something about seeing the Pacific Ocean on an ancient the ancient Earth or something like that. And I'm like, wait. Mm. You know, I've never heard about Earth in this whole series. And, and you just have Tyrus Rex. And he just says he's seen the ancient Pacific Ocean. 
So I'm like, how old is he? Like, is that a, you know, um, but anyway, so yeah, yeah that end, was end, a... ending. The ending was epic because you had all that information that, you know, wasn't a ton of information, but it was enough to just blow everything wide open, all these questions. And then you had those, um, legionnaires that pop up that kind of like fade in from cloaking or something like that. Mm. And he takes them all out. And that was mm-hmm. such just an epic. Yeah, that whole last like chapter of just to know just... that to see him do the do all of that with as he's being killed and basically you know he's slowly like running out of ammo, getting shot, and and you know he you you pretty much realize okay he's gonna die here, um, and then you see like oh he's gonna die yeah but he's gonna actually take all, all these guys out yeah. first. Um, that was pretty epic. Um, so way to go out. Yeah, I definitely like that scene. But, like, that's the thing I like about these books, too, is, like, otherwise, like, I can't really think of a scene that, like, really stood out to me because the whole book, in my opinion, is just really good. Like, it's it's a book where it kind of, like, it, it goes and it's steady the entire way through. That's true. But most of that, and that's where, like, but most most of the books are like that. They're, I mean, the third book's a little bit different because, like I said, it, it goes to, like, the second, second person view. Uh-huh. And it's, like, it's a little interesting, but, like... Otherwise, like all the books are very steady. Like they they pick they start in the beginning and they're they're steady all the way through. Where like you don't really have like a like a crazy drop. In like, I laughed. Um, I laughed out loud when Ravi was there being there being these legionnaires find him and and Keel is wearing his armor wraith armor. So he kind of he looks like a legionnaire and he's tapped into their comms enough to make them think that he's a certain rank and he's like trying to give them orders and stuff saying he's black ops mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And then, um, and then he's got prisoners and then they get some idea that like, okay, this guy isn't, isn't right. So they're telling him what to do. And he's like, okay, fine. But at first we have to make sure these prisoners get to the, the thing. Um, or so-and-so is going to have you, you know, have your hide or whatever. And then, so the, so Robbie's his, his, his droid, that is hologram is like a yeah it's like I a, think they're not even a droid he's like a hologram he's like an AI that they pro- he project through he's got these droids that project him Ra- Ra- Ravi's still a mystery because like you even even in the book Keel like mentions like I don't even know where Ravi came from he just kind of was on just came like he's well, not from he's not the ship's AI he's not uh-huh. even like he just is on the ship. And he has somehow he has some kind of sword that he can wield. He can kill people, apparently. even though he's a hologram. Yep. Like, how is he wielding the sword? So that's um, a theory for later on. <laughs> so then he, so then in this scene, um, all of a sudden Ravi is he's pretending to be a prisoner, and so the droid, uh, you know, hologram droid, whatever Ravi, is a prisoner, and then so is, I think Prisma and the princess pretending to be prisoners mm-hmm. too, and then Ravi's like whips out the sword and starts like going crazy with the sword and then keel still pretending to be a legionnaire is like oh no that one has a sword the way the (laughs) (laughs) the way the uh the narrator read that i just cracked yeah that's yeah (laughs) imagining i just imagine robbie just flailing with the sword and uh wraith just being like oh no i do love robbie and keel's relationship in the book too yeah like That's they're good. just a fun pair. I like how like Ravi, Ravi will just read off, read off uh, statistics. Thirteen percent. Thirteen percent. Yeah. And then, like something changes, he's like eighty nine percent. Yeah, and then he's like, I like those odds. <laughs> Kiel takes a shot. Yeah. And then I, I, another really cool thing at the near the end of the book was the the war bot. Um, so Prisma, the the, the little girl, her father gave her a, a droid or a, a robot to protect her and and like look out for her, but it's like. It's basically this some like war robot that was been repurposed as a caretaker kind of robot, mm. um, but somehow either Keel or or Tyrus Rex they tap into. Its, they both do at one point. It's warbot programming, and it just like goes ballistic. Like when um, Ty- Tyrus Rex actually gives it like old ancient command words. Yeah, and the way it's like, oh man. It's voice, like the way mm-hmm. the the narrator did the voice, did voice of of the warbot in that scene was just like oh my. Goodness, and then Keel takes it over by using um the programmer, which I can't remember his name right. right now. Basically, like a he's basically the programmer is basically like a cross between Luke and Anakin because mm-hmm. he's got the Luke the Luke vibe of 
you know, being swept up on this this adventure. But then he's got the Anakin vibe of like the droids and like being really good at. But he's also neither stuff. like Luke or Anakin because he's a wimp. <laughs> yes, he is. He's wimpy. Although Luke's wimpy at first. But there's also like a great scene too, like a minor, really small scene that really kind of shows says a lot about Tyrus Rex and how much he actually knows. Where you have they meet back up or, or over the radio, he says something like, "Tyrus Rex mentions how like." Your programmer is good. He did a good job with the, the droid, but I was able to basically I was able to to counteract it. Yeah, which shows like okay, this Tyrus Rex has a lot. Like he's now he's a crazy oh, that, programmer. Oh, that was another thing about Tyrus Rex that was really interesting is they're talking about his oh uh, uh, Sullivan. I mean, like you get the idea that his armor is really special, more like better than everyone else's armor uh, throughout the books or not throughout this book because this is really where he's in it. And he's got uh, that one thing that, like, that shield thing mm-hmm. that works half the time or whatever. I like how half his armor works half the time. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but at the very end, when he's with Sullivan, Sullivan says something about his armor that it's like, this. that armor is, like, one of a kind. Like, there's no other armor like that in the galaxy. And I'm just like, what? Where did, where did this armor come from? Like, where did he get this armor? You know? It's got something got has something to do with the... Um, it's, like, really old oh, armor, but it's really strong. Where, where was the... Golf it's Souls like Sharp mentioned... Plate, basically. <laughs> oh my gosh, maybe he's from the Cosmic. <laughs> Golf Souls mentions a place, I cannot remember what it's called. He drops a lot of Cosmic Cathedral or something like that. Yeah, cosmic you, Cathedral you, you sounds... said something about the Cosmic Cathedral. Is that what it is? It sounds way too Lovecraftian. <laughs> oh, oh, it's a qua- Quantum Cathedral. Quantum Cathedral, is that what it is? Quantum Cathedral, yeah. Yeah, he drops that. And I wonder, I mean, I wonder... Because like I've only gotten like six books in maybe... Six or seven. Wonder if that's got like if that something about that gets talked about more. Yeah. No. Yeah. It was a real quantum good read. palace. Quantum palace. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It was a really good read. A really fun read. A very fast paced. That's what I like the most about them. Is they're fast paced. They're easy to read and they're short. Yeah. You know, but they got a good story. The authors definitely. are good. The authors are definitely. I don't know. They, I like the authors. They're good. And you notice what's really nice about it? It's clean. For mm. the like, like in it's the sense violent. of like language. Right. Like it's got violence. It's not. Yeah. There's not like a ton of cursing. But there's not like cursing. There's, crazy. there's nothing really inappropriate in it. You know. Yeah. There's no. You could say scenes laid out all over the place. Right. Right. If you were to, you know, like to if it was to have, have like a rating in the, it, there was like suggestive material. Mm-hmm. You know, just like, well, I mean, like like the epilogue, the with the women being forced to, to be wives or whatever like that kind of stuff mm. you know might be mentioned but there's nothing graphic or anything yeah so That's yeah what i think about it but it's good i like the authors i like they just have some interesting things to say definitely tell one of them was in the military at one point <laughs> yeah someone had to be yeah they just kind of nailed the even though i was never in the military but some of that stuff you can kind of tell when it's more sensational Mm. And it's just like they're they're just doing what they think it would be like, and then you can tell when it's more authentic. It's mm. just like they just they just they just get it. They know it. I mean, like Karen Travis, like her her stuff. She was in the military. Just another example of people who just kind of they they get it because they were there. They get the lingo and the. She actually right. She's actually got a prequel series right. set in this universe. Is it, it takes, a, is it a series? It's a prequel. I think it's supposed to be a series. Okay. It's a prequel though. It takes place way back. I think back on Earth. Still. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, so I did read the synopsis for that book that's, that's already published. Where it's definitely yeah, it's taking place on Earth. So super throwback. But but I I don't know. But if if Tyrus Rex was part of NASA, and it is possible he's there, and Sullivan was, then is it possible there's some characters connected to them? On in that book mm, could mm, be maybe mm. quantum palace <laughs> <laughs> anyway yeah. good book yeah i enjoyed it 10 out of 10 would recommend i'm sure we'll both be reading i've already started the third book i have not started because I, I, but i will start it soon uh the next one well anything else we need to say not right now we'll we'll, we'll talk about it more as josh gets into the third book because He'll start learning some more things about some stuff, and we'll, we'll we'll have some small little conversations about it. Probably have another episode later on. Sounds good. Devoted to it. And otherwise, yeah, give it a read if you haven't yet. Seriously, 
Yeah, if you like, if you like sci-fi, yeah, fantasy, if you like sci-fi, military mil- thrillers. If you like, you know, we were soldiers. If you like like military movies, and you like Star Wars. That's basically what this <laughs> basically, book is. Basically, this is what you need to be reading. Yeah, that's basically what this book is. <laughs> so, all right. Well, this has been Bridge of Two. Far, far, far away, away bridge. bridge. You are dismissed. I'm just kidding. I'm trying to nudge her out of here. She's not taking the hint. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It would be like a cutoff, and then I get up, and then you guys oh, keep going. Oh, no, no, no. I mean, we can't. You want us to pause it? <laughs> you were going to. No, nope. I'll just leave. That'll all be cut out. Don't even worry. Okay. Don't let him lie to you. you better I cut keep out that... so much stuff. Are we still See, recording? My... Yeah. You, you better keep that in. I'm scared. I'm, I'm not going to keep the... I'm not going to keep me yelling, you are dismissed, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> okay? All right. No, you're my older brother. Sure. You're allowed to dismiss me. Okay. So you're dismissed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're dismissed. In your own house.